Hello and welcome back, or welcome if you're new, to the To the Heights podcast. My name is Olivia Colombo, and I am a Boston College student and a Catholic changemaker. And about a year ago, this podcast was born out of my experience reporting for a Catholic newspaper. I was interviewing so many inspirational people for the paper, young Catholics and people who minister to young Catholics. And I wish that there was a way for people to hear their voices and hear them telling their own stories and the joy in their voices. And so this podcast came into being with the help of Catholic TV and launched at the beginning of this past summer. Now we're back with a little bit of an in-between season teaser with a special guest. The title of the podcast, To the Heights, is not only a little nod to Boston College, which is nicknamed The Heights, but it's also a translation of the quote Verso Lealto by Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, a 24-year-old student and a lover of mountain climbing, who is on his way to canonization because he dedicated his life to caring for the poor and the vulnerable. His catchphrase, To the Heights, serves as a prayer and a reminder for many to keep on working and achieving for the glory of God. Through my own work in ministry and media, I've had the blessing of meeting so many people and Catholics with inspirational stories about how they are reaching to the heights in their own lives. And so, I want to share one of those conversations and one of those stories with you today. Today's guest, who I'm so excited to have on, is Karen Kiefer, a well-loved member of the Boston College community. Karen is the director of the Church of the 21st Century Center, also known as the C21 Center, at BC, which is a unique and distinct center, separate from campus ministry, that focuses on serving as a catalyst and a resource for the renewal of the Catholic Church and the U.S., Karen and I sat down to talk about how our paths have crossed, her story, the C21 Center, and how she ended up there, and now some of her current projects, including BC's beloved Expresso Your Faith Week, Agape Latte, and her new children's book, Drawing God, which, speaking of, it came out last month, and you should totally read it, and or participate in World Drawing God Day this Thursday, November 7th. But we will talk more about that later. And we have another really exciting announcement for later. We are recording a podcast episode at SLS 20, this year's Focus Conference. So stay till the end for more information on that. All right, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Get inspired by Karen Kiefer's story of reaching to the heights. All right, so I'm here in the Catholic TV studio in Watertown, and I'm so excited to be back um, after season one wrapped over the summer. But I have a very exciting guest with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Karen Kiefer, and um, I actually work at Boston College. I'm the director of the church in the 21st Century Center, and I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Um, so Karen and I had a little God moment that we were just talking about last week. Um, I had kind of been around the C21 Center a little bit last year, my freshman year, um, but I got assigned to write an article about an event for the C21 Center last week, and I got to interview Karen, um, and just super providential moment, um, she ended up being at Catholic TV at the exact time that I needed a guest today. (laughs) (laughs) So I am so excited that the Holy Spirit has brought this all together, Um, and I'm excited to chat with you. So would you like to tell me a little bit about where you're from, um, what you've been up to, a little bit of background about you? Sure. So um, I'm originally from Arlington, um, went to Arlington uh, Catholic, and then uh, went on to Boston College. um, And um, 
and my husband always teases me that I've lived my life within a 30-mile radius, <laughs> but I remind him that I can see the world from here. Um, so I, I grew up in a, a large Irish Catholic family. I'm the, I'm the second of five, and um, really felt God working in my life early on. I, I had a sister who's a, a year older than me, and she um, had a lot of challenges, and um, both uh, physically and mentally and emotionally, and there was a, a real pull from my parents to just care for her, and I felt God's presence caring for me mm-hmm. as well. And I think I look back at, at those times, and that's where I really felt that connection, that, that comfort, that love, and um, continue to feel that today and, and think about ways um, that I can serve God and that I can spread God's message. It's just like one of the most uh, profound and privileged opportunities that I think I can have on this earth other than being the mother of four daughters and um, the wife of my husband. And one of your daughters is still at BC, right? Two, two actually. Of them. So I've had two uh, at Boston. The two oldest were at Boston College. They graduated a couple of years ago. Okay. 2017, 2018, they work in Boston. My um, third daughter is a senior at Boston College. Right. Um, and then sweet baby Rose, we call her, mm-hmm. um, She who is now 5'10", um, <laughs> she is a freshman at Boston College. Nice. Nice. So I get to see them. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so good. So how did you, so you graduated from BC, and then how did you make it back to BC? Mm. Well, my journey is probably a little similar to yours, Olivia, because I was really interested in communication mm-hmm. um, at Boston College. I was a communications major yeah. and um, moved into working for radio um, and moved into television and um, was captivated um, by the marketing side of things. Um, but then at the same time, I still felt like this pull, like it just didn't feel right. Like I wasn't yeah. in the right spot. Um, and then I saw a job opportunity, um, back at Boston college, um, in the late 1986. And it was an opportunity to work in the, um, advancement office, mm-hmm. um, and work on programs and events for their new capital campaign and be a liaison to uh, the president's office. And I thought, you know, that feels right. I, I want to do something um, where I can help others. And yeah. so I took that jump and took that job, and um, it, it just completed me for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was there from 86 to 97. I met my husband oh. there. Oh. Um, and then I was able to... Um, be home with the girls um, from 97 until uh, early 2008 when I came back to Boston College. Wow. Yeah. So when you came back, is that when you came to the C21? Yes. Um, okay. When I was home uh, with the girls, I followed what the Church in the 21st Century Center was doing. Um, they actually started as an initiative in 2002 um, when Father Leahy wanted to basically take all the riches of a Jesuit Catholic university and put them at the feet of the church. Mm -hmm. And um, he formed the Church in the 21st Century Center initiative. um, And really, um, they they were putting on just really dynamic programs um, and conferences. And Tim Russett back then was kind of like the the spokesperson Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of that programming. And, And I really felt like they 
realized early on that conversation changes things and that they were invested in that. And so I really prayed back then, um, if I were to ever return to Boston College, would there be a chance that I could serve at the Church in the 21st Century Center? And then, lo and behold, there was a, a, a job, the assistant director's job opened up um, in 2008, and I'll be honest with you, Olivia, like, I still wasn't ready to go back to work. I loved being a stay-at-home mom. I loved being with the girls. We always found so many things to do, and loved um, my friends in Wayland, and really working in the community, Mm -hmm. and and serving the the church there. Um, But I saw this job, and I thought, you know, if I don't jump, it could be gone. I could miss an opportunity. So, I'm a big believer, you jump and find your wings. So, I jumped and and I found my wings. It was it was t- it was a tough go early on. Yeah. Um, just trying to manage four kids and a full time job and yeah. and trying to make it all work and and it's it's um, messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I look back on on those times and I knew early on it would be difficult. And now the girls are you know you know independent and mm-hmm. doing their own thing and and. Um, I still have this, uh, you know, great love for, for the work that I do at the center and how amazing that I get to take my love of Boston College with my love of the church and our faith and kind of combine them. And um, I love being creative and trying to think of things differently. And um, so to be able to kind of marry that, um, yeah. that, that gift, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. um, with the work that we do at Boston College and, and at the center. It's, like I said, it's just a, a truly privileged um, gift. True. Yeah. And BC's lucky to have you. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> would you like to talk a little bit about, so BC's unique in that we have our own campus ministry department, but we also have the C21 Center. Do you want to talk, talk about the distinctions between the two? Um, it's, a, it's a really good question. Yes. Um, because a lot of people say, wait, so... Yeah, they're different. Where, what? where are you? What yeah. are you? Um, so we're an independent center at Boston College. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean by that is we do not fall under the Office of Mission and Ministry. We are not campus ministry. Um, I report directly to Father Leahy, the president of Boston College. We're run by a steering committee and an advisory board. And um, we... Uh, I think in some respects it it was brilliant in the way that the center was set up that way because I think it keeps us a little more agile where we can do some things. We also do not just serve the Boston College community, um, but we serve the Catholic Church nationally and at Mm -hmm. large and even internationally. And um, so that's also a great blessing and a great challenge. Um, And... um, I think that the 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 work of the center um, continues to um, move forward um, with the church, yes. and I and I hope that that our work still remains that catalyst for renewal, and that we have um, resources that really get people talking. Um, when we met last week. Uh, we were just finishing up Espresso Your Faith Week, yes. um, which is uh, actually a derivative of a very popular program that started at Boston College called Agape Latte. And uh, what Agape Latte is, is really um, a storytelling program, um, a faith storytelling program. And we invite students into the warmth of our coffee bar um, on Lower Campus on one Tuesday evening a month 
and uh, in turn the students invite a faculty member or staff member or school administrator to get up and share a 20 to 25 minute story about a time or times in their life where they saw God working mm-hmm. and what did that look like? And we remind the storytellers that even though the stories are about you or someone you know, the story is really for the students yeah. and helping the students um, as they grow and as they journey. Um, because life is hard. Yeah. And, um, and this is an example of a program that we partner with Campus Ministry. Um, and it's also a program to start conversation. And what I mean by that is I love that students will say, um, I find having a conversation about faith or God challenging and, and even awkward. But I can say, hey, did you go to Agape Latte or did you go on YouTube and watch this Agape yeah. Latte? Because this particular person told this story and it was unbelievable. And then I think the student can get into a conversation that maybe they want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's kind of an, a really comfortable way of getting in there. Yeah. Um, so Espresso Your Faith Week, going back to that, is a derivative of that program because the students really wanted to do more Agape Lattes. We just do six a year. Um, but we thought, wow, why don't we take the concept of storytelling and inspiration and using our our gifts and our imagination and basically put together a week where students can share um, not only their inspiration, but also they can see God working in their gifts and in their passions and in their interests and in their conversations and in the classroom and on the sports field and in the Mm -hmm. theater and wherever it is that we travel. Um, And so we try to be as creative as possible at catching students. And I always use the term catching to like capture their faith imagination and kind of bring them in. Mm -hmm. And we do that in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, yeah. It was such a fun week. Um, Just some things like we have the um, candlelight mass, but there's one in St. Mary's, our big, beautiful chapel. Oh, Um, yes, that a lot of students don't even realize is there. Yes, yeah. So a a welcome opportunity to realize this jewel that lives on campus. Yeah, the jewel of the chapel, but also the jewel of the opportunity to have a 10 p.m. daily mass every day lit by candlelight. Um, And then trying to think of what other things. I had a really fun time. We had a pop-up concert for the Liturgy Arts Group. yes. Magnificent. It was so much fun. Um, I think we're actually going to have um, Meyer Chambers, the director of LAG, on the podcast later this season. Oh, that Um, would be wonderful. He is such a such a gentle giant of a man yes he's amazing yeah um that was so much fun and and to get the word out about lag and to sing with people we just set up a table on the quad and just sang um some of our favorite songs um and i love that students could just be walking yes along and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. hear like what's going on yeah you know what's going on and and um and that's the whole thing catching people by surprise Mm -hmm. you know yeah and um, we we try to incorporate that element of surprise every single day yes. um, in in the work that we do. And we um, we have a, a new program that we've launched. Again, another program that is a catalyst for great conversation. It's called Faith Feeds. And um, we um, had a Faith Feeds lunch um, mm-hmm. last week, and and the theme was revitalizing our church. And the whole concept of Faith Feeds is um, to gather eight people together. And we give you a guide and um, some articles, a couple of articles that are touchstones from our magazine on different themes. And um, there's a host that that 
kind of facilitates a conversation and the conversation could be about mentoring it could be about family it could be about friendships it could be about the eucharist it could be about revitalizing our mm-hmm. church it could be about friendship it could you know and we've put together all these guides on our website um and people can just download them and host a faith feeds and so when we hosted it during expressing your faith week we had like eight groups of eight so you can mm-hmm. actually host a larger faith feeds of say you know 48 people yeah. but then you separate them into pods of eight so yeah. um you know just other fun ways to get people together to have conversations about faith that we often don't get a chance to do think about it like olivia like when was the last time you know that you could actually sit down and have a faith conversation other than the fact that you're you're doing god's work through your internship and through your theology major and all that but if you're just uh, i I say this respectfully like a mainstream young you know person out Mm -hmm. there yeah, it's how, tough. Yeah. And even for adults, it's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. How to break into your day and to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Break through that mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There were so, so many other fun um, events that week. Like, do you want to talk about the Rosary Project a little bit? Sure. So um, I'm, I'm a big believer in the mm-hmm. Rosary. Yes. And I really think that it can really help people. It can help people connect with their faith. It can help people settle in, settle down, um, be quiet and attentive, um, and relax. And in this age of distraction and and busyness, there's just not enough time to do that. And really trying to connect students to the rosary. and for a lot of students, they don't even know what the rosary yeah. is. So yeah. it's kind of introducing that to them and then realizing the the benefits and the blessings that can come from praying the rosary. Um, and then we do have the Rosary Project, which is an opportunity to actually do some uh, DIY um, projects where, where students are actually making decade rosaries, yes. um, pop-up tables on campus, and then... It, again, it's comforting, and they can decide to take the rosary with them, and then we have cards on how to pray the rosary, mm-hmm. or they can fill out um, a rosary project card and with an opportunity to donate the rosaries. And we're do- some some of the do- um, rosaries we donate back into the Boston College community, and others we're going to be donating to Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And if people have ideas on how where they would like the the um, rosaries donated, we would love to hear from you. That would be church twenty one at bc.edu. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I have some ideas, too. Um, <laughs> Good. We, we always bring rosaries when we go on mission to Haiti. Um, we always make the knotted rosaries. Yes, yes. yes. Those you are know, so fun. We were going to do the knotted rosaries, Olivia, but we, then we thought, oh, goodness, it, it, they're, it, they're not easy. No, not at um, all. And then yeah. I thought, well... We, the last thing we want to do is disenfranchise someone right from the get-go. <laughs> that is so true. So we were like, let's stick with the beads yes. first and yes. then see if, if you want to if, true. You know, yeah. move on to the knots. Not disencourage. Like, That's I, right. If you if you can't make it, then I can't pray. That's right. Yeah. That's right. My, my daughter, Emma, who I mentioned is a senior at Boston College, uh, she was starting to do the knot rosaries mm-hmm. uh, You know, when we were just kind of toying with the idea for this rosary project. And then she came back to me and she said, Mom, you're going to lose people. You're going to lose people. Yes. You've got to stick with the beads. Yeah. So, anyway. Yes. Yeah, there have there have been many hours of, of struggle Nodding. trying to figure <laughs> that out. We initially, um, my youth group, who I've had many members of the youth group and our youth minister on the podcast before and our priest, um, but many of us took up the practice of praying it as we fall asleep. 
um, which obviously praying the rosary in your hand as you fall asleep with like a metal crucifix is not comfortable because you're going to wake up in the middle of the night with like the crucifix stabbing you somewhere. Um, so we started making the notch ones because they're a little bit more comfortable. I love um, it. And then silly things would happen. Um, our youth minister, Michaela, who was actually the first guest, um, she would wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning in Haiti and have like wearing it like a sash and be like, how did I get this on me in the middle of the night? But so there's many, there's so many there. like rosary stories too, yes. not only about the miracles of praying the rosary, but like the stories that you would share. And like, I have, you know, I say to students, if they go away, could you bring me back a rosary? And I've, yeah. I, I collect rosaries mm-hmm. and I have a lot of different rosaries and they, each, each rosary means something different yes. to me, you know? Yeah. And there was when my, my older sister who I alluded to earlier, Maureen, she passed in May and, um, there was I had light pink rosaries and I would pray the rosary for her and um and and then when she was you know when they, we were just about to close the casket I was going to put the rosary inside and then yeah. something said to me no yeah. keep it keep it so I mm-hmm. you know when I need extra strength yeah. I go to the light pink Maureen rosary <laughs> yes yeah no we yeah I agree I have different different ones for different purposes from different places that remind you of different people yes yeah in different intentions yeah and that have like come with me on different trips mm-hmm. or like I don't know I I think Father Sinisha brought us each back a rosary from Magigori once that have our names in the beads Ooh. um which was a beautiful gift um for all of the core leaders and his youth group um and I brought it with me to um Israel so it's been touched to the Holy Sepulchre it's been in the Jordan River like just so many stories um wow. behind them yeah it, it's powerful how sacramentals can do that I yes. I love this stuff I'm studying liturgy and sacramental oh, theology but wonderful yeah, yeah yeah so fun and to bring it to life in in the world yes and to share it with others so mm-hmm. that they can become part of that yeah yeah know? there's been a lot of that a group of us right now in Grazia Plena the women's mm-hmm. catholic group um took on fiat 90 which i don't know if you've ever heard of exodus 90 before no um it's a 90 day so exodus 90 is for men it's a much more established organization but it's a 90 day retreat that men take on of um fasting and prayer and it typically leads up to a big um like christmas or easter or michaelmas or something like that um but it's I don't know, the men's version, they, like, take cold showers for 90 days and pray the rosary every day, go to daily mass, like, all of these crazy things. And then Fiat 90 is the more feminine version of it, but a few of us took that on. Um, And one of the things is praying the rosary every day and being able to pray the rosary in community every day. Um, The point of it is it's a little taste of, like, monastic life in the midst of a college campus. Like, having scheduled prayer, scheduling prayer together, going to mass every day, um, eating meals intentionally together things like that. Um, but praying the rosary on a college campus together every day has been a gift. Mm, that's um, yeah. wonderful. That's, it's such a You know what, gift. too, Olivia, I, I think, and I say this to students, you know, even if you just begin, just yes. begin with a decade, you know, yes. and there's no right or wrong way to do mm-hmm. it. And I say that respectfully, you know, and, you know, even if you, like, because sometimes they think it's too much or they mm-hmm. do, it's too long or they don't have enough time. And yeah. it's just like, take baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, the mother's waiting. Yes. You know? That's so true. Yeah. And you don't have to jump into the mysteries right away. Like, no, no. All you need is 10 Hail Marys and Our Father. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and I think that's what happens sometimes with the practice is young people feel like I'm doing it wrong. And so then it doesn't count or it doesn't yes. matter. And no, no, no. Mm-hmm. You can't do it wrong. Yeah. You can't do it wrong. Yeah. I feel like that mentality could translate 
to so many other things in the spiritual life, especially of young people. Like, there is no right way to do it. No. I know. Like, I found myself, I t- typically pray the rosary when I'm running. Um, yeah. And I didn't have a rosary bracelet on the other day. And I was like, oh, I'll just do it when I get home. And I was like, wait a second. That's stupid. Like, I don't need a rosary to pray the rosary. Like, there is, that is not a requirement. <laughs> Who made it a requirement? That's I have right. 10 fingers. That's right. Um, or I can just, I can count to 10 in my head. Like, it's not, it's not that hard. I was a physics major. <laughs> I can count to 10. <laughs> I think you could do that. And, you know, I say to, to young people, look. Do you know the Hail Mary? Do you know the Our Father? Because if you do, you're pretty much eighty yeah, percent there. Yeah, yeah, you're all set. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that that could translate to so many other things. Like you just need to show up to Mass. You don't need to be there. You don't need to like have already read the readings or like have your Mass yes. journal with you or I don't know. Like just show up, come yes, as you are. Yeah, exactly. You're you're. You're there. You're in the presence of God. You're in his house. Like, be, relax. You know, yes. I, years ago when I was teaching CCD, um, I had a conversation with a group of young kids, and, and uh, they were in fourth grade. And I took them all into to the church, and I, I said to them, what do you wish that you could do here? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the answer to that yeah. question would be. And one kid said, I just want to lie down on the pew. Like, I just want to lie down like it's a bed. Yeah. Like, if it really is my home. And I said, go for it. Yeah. So there they were, all the kids just lying down on the pews, putting their feet up. Yeah. And it was, like, it was really a miraculous moment for me to see that. Yeah. You know, sometimes they see it as so much structure. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Instead of the freedom to, to find God's grace. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I feel like so many more I feel like it's almost more fruitful like the nights going to candlelight mass I lived in Costco the nights that I like rolled off of my bed from doing yeah. homework in sweatpants and like went last minute mm-hmm. at like 9:58 showed up to the chapel versus like the nights that I like had planned out that I was going to be there and like had finished all my homework and was all studious and was there I feel like the nights that were messy were more fruitful yes, yes. yeah And there's something to be said. I love that exercise, and I think I might steal it, of, like, what do you wish you could do in this space? Because especially when we're in Haiti and just my youth group at home, like, I don't know, if you want to be barefoot in the church, like, you're walking on holy ground, be barefoot. If you want to sit on the floor, if you want to lie prostrate, like, just do it. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to dance around, like, do that too. Mm -hmm. Like, just do whatever you're being called to do. That's right. Yeah. If you want to sit at home. Yes, you're home. If you want to sit in the back, if you want to sit, like, right at the foot of the monstrance, right in front of the altar, like, I don't know, move the way that you're being called to do. Exactly. No judgment. No judgment. And it goes back to, like, we're a body and a soul. Our body is being called to do things just like our soul. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We just, and and as humans, we just have to be reminded of that. Yes. Yeah. That our faith is tactile and, like. Yeah. And it's to be lived, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, I always say faith is fun. Faith Mm -hmm. is a verb. Yes, you know? I like that. Yeah. 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 I have a friend who has a, a blog called Theology as a Verb, but I like ah, faith as faith a verb, is too. A verb. Yeah. 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 It's nice. It works. Yeah. All right. So the reason why you are at Catholic TV today um, is because you have a new book, which 
Okay, I admit I did not know that you had a book previous to this book <laughs> until I was texting Bonnie, um, who coordinates all the guests on This Is The Day. And she was like, oh, she's been on the show before. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> and so you've been, this is your second time it in the is. studio for a book. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this new book? Um, sure. Which is wonderful and adorable, and I've read it, and I'm so grateful to have uh, read it. Well, it's um, it's a it's a blessing. Yes. Let me say that. Yeah. Let me begin with that. Um, I, I told you this story before, but I ended up just doing an ordinary grocery shop run um, in the Stop and Shop in Natick, Massachusetts, and um, it turned out to be an extraordinary grocery shop run <laughs> because I was in the produce section, and I overheard two little kids talking, and one little kid said to the other, my mother said that you shouldn't talk about God at school because it makes people feel uncomfortable. And I just thought, oh, no. Like, are we really at this point yeah. that we can't talk about God because it's uncomfortable for, like, and, and that four- and five-year-olds are getting that message? Mm. I mean, what is the world going to look like down the road if that's the case? And as a mother of four, like, in when I was a stay-at-home mom, my, my glory days, um, I spent a lot of time in the schools, and I slowly but surely started to see kind of like the eroding of what we could bring into the schools, you know? Yeah. Like, you couldn't talk about Christmas. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, you know, we got to a point where we couldn't celebrate uh, Halloween. Yeah. Um, we couldn't celebrate birthdays because other kids could, not every child could celebrate a birthday, which I get. Um, you know, can't bring sugar, I get. And then, so, and then I thought, no, this is, this cannot happen. Yeah. So the book Drawing God, um, which is out um, into the world on October 8th, was born out of that conversation in a, in a prayer. And I, I just had long talks with God about, like, what are we going to do? Like, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? And um, it was a Sunday morning, and it was quiet uh, on the home front. Um, and I started to write this story. And... The story was about a little girl named Emma. Of course, my third daughter is Emma, and she was a really creative soul. She still is, um, especially when she was younger. Mm. And um, to the point that I remember the principal saying to me, we need to do a better job teaching to an Emma because she was always in her own little world, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so I felt Emma's presence as a muse for the story, and it's a story of a little girl who goes to an art museum and she sees the drawings of Picasso and she's so inspired that she decides she, she wants to draw something beyond spectacular. And so she thinks about what that could be. And um, so she, she escapes to the warmth of her bedroom and draws um, a magnificent sun mm. and, and is absolutely convinced that she has drawn God. And of course, she takes it to school and meets up with her best friend, um, and then he can only see the sun. He can't yeah. see God as light. And then she goes back, and, and I'm not going to give away too much of the story, but she goes back and, and uh, draws another picture and goes back in school, and they can't see what she's yeah. drawing. And then finally um, she goes back in, and she draws this magnificent red heart, and then they, the, her two friends are coming at her the next day basically saying, got any more God drawings, Emma? Yeah. And then word slowly starts to creep out around school that this is crazy Emma who's drawing mm -hmm. God. And um, and they basically say to her, God's not a valentine. So yeah. she goes home and, and feels uh, defeated and prays to God and just said, God, please 
help me help them see you. Um, and she wakes up the next day, and she decides, I don't really care that they can't see you in, this, <laughs> yeah. in these pictures. I knew I drew God. God knew I drew God in Picasso, too. And I love the, the transformation of the prayer that, you know, God filled her with God's grace and comfort and knowing, like, that's okay. So she gets, she gets back into school, and everyone's looking at her and pointing at her, and that she can stand up and just be like, no, it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, and then, sure enough, to her surprise, she goes back into school that following Monday, and everyone is drawing God, mm. and every picture is different. And um, I look back, Olivia, on the story. You know, I I was like, okay, here's this story. Now what am I going to do? Um, and then I reached out. Um, I, I, I didn't even know that this existed, but I reached out to uh, a children's author um, who had authored so many books. And she yeah. was actually um, counseling would-be authors, or as I call myself, an accidental author, um, <laughs> and she would look at your manuscript, yeah. um, and then you would pay her $50, and then she would just give you some advice, and so I, I sent the manuscript to her, not knowing where it would go, and she made some tweaks, and then sent it back to me, and said, it looks like you got yourself a book, now you just have to find a publisher, yeah. um, and then that kind of, lo- the stars aligned um, mm-hmm. for that, and was able to get a publisher, um, uh, in Paraclete Press, um, who basically looked at the manuscript and was like, you know, over, you know, meeting with their editorial board that they wanted the book. And then I was able to um, go back to the illustrator of my first book, The Misfit Sock, um, which was also born out of a challenge, um, and Kathy DeWitt, who is this extraordinary illustrator. She lives in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And um, I met her. God introduced me to Kathy um, years ago to do the Misfit yeah. Sock. And um, we worked together on this book. And um, her her illustrations are, are nothing short of extraordinary. Yes. And yeah. um, the book um, also um, inspired um, a World Drawing God Day movement, which is going to be this year, November 7th, 2019. Um, and we're asking the world to draw God for one day um, mm-hmm. and hash- using the hashtag drawing God and see what comes of it and, yeah. and, and let us be inspired by the way people see God and the way people see God working in their lives. And, um, yeah, you know, is one person drawing God with a colored pencil, but someone else might be drawing God in, you know, rocks or, or yeah. whatever it is that they do or or, or singing. Um mm-hmm. And then it reminds me of, like, the way God draws on us. Yeah. Like, I love that thought mm-hmm. that God's drawing on us, you know, every day. Yeah. But um, I look back now, um, now that the, the book is just about ready to be born, and I, I read through the book, and i seeing all these, like, little messages that are in there that I didn't realize were there when I wrote the story. Um, one, um, the importance of museums mm. and taking little kids to museums. Um, that inspiration, art in our imagination, working in our faith, the importance of that, especially during a time when maybe field trips aren't happening as much anymore. But find a time. Go yourself. You don't have to be a child, you know, and be inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, Another lesson that's tucked in there is that God most certainly does work in our imagination. There's Mm -hmm. just no question about that. Um, And that sometimes we don't realize how contagious our faith is 
and that we might be acting and doing something and someone might be looking at us and we don't even realize and yet somehow our faith is kind of out there and it's contagious and and ready to inspire someone else and I think Emma does that in the story you know Mm -hmm. so well and then I also think about um, that the story teaches us that sometimes it takes a lot of courage to fight for God yes, and to be courageous enough to stand up and say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I am, yeah. I am Catholic. Mm-hmm. I am proud to be Catholic. And I'm, or whatever faith you are, like yes. wear it, be proud of it, you know, and because people are going to put you down for it. Um, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the answered prayer in the book, you know, that's okay. Yeah. You know, you know who you are, and and um, and that's for everyone. I'm saying that to everyone, no matter what faith, no matter what person, like you are who you are, um, and and then also the final message, which I think is is super important, that we all see God differently. Yes, and mm-hmm. we have to respect that. Yeah, you know, and I love that kids might have a conversation. Wait, you don't call your God God? What do you call your God? Uh, yeah. What does your God look like? And and we can learn more about other faiths through, you know, talking to other people. And then yeah. we realize we're all one. Mm-hmm. We're all the same. Yeah. Yeah, true. It, it not only starts like a conversation within our faith, but also a multi-faith conversation yes, as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is just beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm very excited for Drawing God Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I almost went to art school. Oh, fact. you're kidding. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. yeah so you, so. Well, wait a minute. You have a little uh, step up on <laughs> some other people. Well, you know, um, Boston College has actually been so supportive of this book. And, and I really do think the Drawing God book plays into um, the mission of the church in the 21st Century yes. Center so beautifully. And, mm-hmm. and it parallels its mission. And, and um and um, now Boston College is rolling out World Drawing God Day for all of their alumni family. Yeah. So nationally, um, it will go out to all the chapters. Um, and um, they're using the hashtag BC Drawing God. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so that will just be really fun. And yeah. maybe this will help um, get more conversations started. And, and I do think in this world that we have to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable yes um i agree and and yeah sometimes having conversations about our faith for for some it's uncomfortable but Mm -hmm. challenge yourself like push yourself to make it comfortable the more you do it yeah true very true all right so where can people find the book okay so if you want to order multiple copies and receive like a wonderful discount i would (laughs) i would recommend you go to paraclete press okay um but you can easily order um, the book on Amazon.com. Yes. Just just search Drawing God, Karen Kiefer, K-I-E-F-E-R, and um, it will pop up. Um, and then, of course, um, if you're at Boston College, it's in the bookstores yes, and through, through, the, through the Follett Network. Um, they've been very generous. Um, so I think, and then in local bookstores. And if, if in fact, you can't find the book in your bookstore, uh, we encourage you, and we, we actually ask you to um ask your your local bookseller if they would carry the book yeah. you know because the more the book gets out into the world the more conversation we're going to have true and this book's for god this isn't about mm-hmm. making money or any, this is just this is about spreading our faith yeah. whatever faith that is mm-hmm. for us it's catholic but for others you know yeah 
whatever. The yeah. book is yours. Mm-hmm. The book is yours. Take it and l- just do whatever you want with it. True. That's beautiful. Very beautiful. All right. So we've been doing kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, something really fun from the first season of the podcast to get to know the guests a little bit better is we do a speed round of Catholic questions ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so it's it's things of the nature of like what's your favorite book of the bible and that sort of thing um so are you ready for our our quick questions maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're not scary i promise um they're fun and they never end up being quick <laughs> that's yeah. the other thing so many times in the first episodes i was like all right quick questions let's go you have like 30 seconds and then it just ended up being like long, beautiful conversations. But you know what? Holy Spirit took it where it needed to go. So, all right. What is your favorite book of the Bible? Mm, you know, when you just asked that question, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would I answer don't know. either. Is that honest? That Yeah. What have you read most recently? Or if you were going to open a Bible right now to read for your own prayer, what would you read? Mm, well, probably Matthew. Okay. Um, Your gospel of choice. Yeah. I I love Matthew. I I kind of have debates with my husband because he loves Luke. Mm, Um, I like Luke. But yeah, probably Matthew. Okay. Good to know. I'm a Luke person, or I originally was a John person, but Mm. yeah. John's intriguing. Yes. (laughs) John's intriguing. No question. (laughs) Intriguing is a good word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your favorite book in general? Oh, you know, I think it probably goes back to, I love children's books. Mm-hmm. And um, and this isn't necessarily a faith book, but you, my, you know what my favorite book is? It's what? called Somebody Loves You, Mr. Hatch. Oh. Do you know of it? No. It's the story of um, an older man um, who's more of a, a misfit. And mm-hmm. he goes to work every day. He's quiet. He doesn't talk to anyone um, no one talks to him. He's almost invisible. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, uh, Valentine, it's near Valentine's Day, and the postman shows up and delivers this gigantic heart filled oh. with, like, probably 100 pieces of candy. Yeah. And um, it just, the, the card just said, somebody loves you. And so he opens it and can't even conceive that someone would be sending him this valentine and um it changes him so he starts to say hello to people on the way to work Mm. he starts to you know meet his neighbors he goes to work and starts to become friends with everyone at work it's just like so life-changing and then what happens in the book is that the postman comes back and says oh my goodness mr hatch i am so sorry i delivered a gigantic valentine to you last week but i delivered it to the wrong house oh he was devastated yeah devastated and then actually returns back to his former self and then all of his friends that he made realized yeah what had happened and then they all come together and put together this big party yeah. and say somebody loves you mr hatch and wow. it, it it's god yeah. It's God working in that story, and I just love it. And the, the um, children's author's name is Eileen Spinelli, and um, it, it's just one of my one of my favorites. Yeah. You know? Which it's just... Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Um, all right. Next question. What is your favorite musician or band? Hmm. Ooh. That's a good one. Um, you know what? 
What? Rascal Flats. Okay. I love Rascal Flats. Um, <laughs> my husband was so good. He took me for my 50th birthday. We went to a Rascal Flats concert. And I just think maybe I can relate to a lot of their lyrics and especially um, the broken road that mm. leads me back to you. Yes. Um, I listen to their songs and um, I, I feel God's grace working. And don't we, like music just has a way of doing yes, that. for sure. But, oh, wow. I mean, so... Um, yeah, Rascal Flats. Yeah, I like that answer. <laughs> what is your favorite place that you've ever traveled? Oh, well, um, I don't travel a lot. Um, I'm not a big traveler. Mm-hmm. However, um, my daughter Emma um, was abroad last semester in London. Aww. And... Um, she said to me, Mom, if I run the Rome Marathon, will you come to Rome and, wow. and, and you know, visit with, with Dad and the, and the other kids? And I thought, Emma, if you're going to go abroad and you're going to run the Rome Marathon, <laughs> I will be there. Yeah. Thinking there was no way that she was going to do it. So we got her a pair of sneakers for Christmas, and she <laughs> was off. And sure enough, like about maybe six weeks before, she said, I'm, I'm doing this and yeah. you, you got you to be here. So we went to Rome wow. and that was just extraordinary. And um, I, I wanted to just like plant myself there for mm-hmm. a while. Um, unfortunately, we were kind of taken away in a beautiful way by the marathon and mm. about the, you know, the expo the day before and yeah. kind of running here, there and everywhere. And then we also had to return to London with her so she could show us where she was living and all that. So, but I would say Rome calls me, mm. it, it calls me. Um, and I've been to Ireland. I'm a Kelly. I'm Karen Kelly <laughs> Kiefer. So uh, there's this, that's a special place, um, yeah. um, really special place. But you know what, Olivia, there's my favorite place. My favorite place to be is home, mm. yeah. home in, in Boston and I live in Wayland and at Boston College. And I, I'm just not the, the traveler. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, that is totally okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, the marathon's so fun. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. It was I mean, amazing. And also, too, over in London, I mean, over in Rome with the marathon, I would say, I, again, I'm just, like, guessing, but 75% of the people that ran that marathon were men. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And, and and you do not cheer. Um, you just kind of clap your hands. And yeah. so I was just, I've been at the Boston Marathon yeah. every year. I yell, I scream, I cheer, I'm yeah. jumping up and down. And so I did kind of the same thing. And yeah. then one one guy who was running, he was like, you're an American. You must be an American. <laughs> and then and then my, when Emma came by, she's like, Mom, stop yelling and screaming. You don't do that here. I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. You celebrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if your daughter's running a marathon, That's yeah. That's right. You celebrate. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite part of your job? Oh. Or maybe just some of your favorite yeah. parts. My favorite, uh, my favorite part of my job, um, I've, I have a couple, but uh, being with young people, mm-hmm. like yes. the students. Like when you, the students leave on break or when they're away, I just feel like the air is out of the balloon. Mm-hmm. I love being with young people and watching faith come alive in them. Um, yeah. And then I... I love um working with the jesuits um and being inspired by their commitment to their commitment um and the the people that i get a chance to meet like you um and my staff and um and then 
I love creating. Mm. I love thinking about like what's next, like what else can we do for God? Yeah. You know, that's, that's so fun. I get up every day and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for giving me this day. You mm-hmm. know, please give me another one and yeah. another one and another one. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. Um, what is a favorite moment or a favorite event that you've had in your job? Um, mm, oh, I guess um, I could say a favorite moment um, is watching um, the propagation of Agape Latte through the Holy Spirit um, to different colleges and high schools across yes. the country. I think right now we have 68 colleges wow. and high schools that have the program because of we started here at Boston College. Mm-hmm. So seeing something like that grow, yes. it's like, I mean, it didn't happen in a moment, but it's it's a moment. Mm-hmm. It's a moment. Yeah. Um, so that was real. That's been really special. Really special. For um, sure. Yeah. That was actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to mention that earlier. That was something I wanted to touch on, how this is this is not just campus ministry that serves its own school um this is something bigger and it's crazy i didn't realize until we talked last week that agape latte had spread so much i know and expresso your faith week is on other college campuses as well and and you know olivia i'm telling you right now we have a small staff so there is no way Mm. that we could do this by ourselves i mean it is it is grace in action Mm -hmm. and um um yeah, it's really been remarkable. I remember when we first started thinking about franchising, and I say franchising because it's just like helping people, you know, basically take the Agape Latte program and, and yeah. put it on their college campus. I thought, wow, if we could get six. If I were sitting right here with you and said, no, we have six, I would be so proud. Yeah. But we have 68. That's crazy. It's crazy yeah. with more to come. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um. What is your favorite form of prayer or way to pray? Oh, I guess I'm just going to have to go back to our Blessed Mother. I yeah. mean, I, the rosary. Mm-hmm. The rosary. Yes. No question. Yeah. Hands down. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hail Mary. Yes. Um, if you could meet any pope, who would it be? Oh, Pope Francis. Okay. Yes, Pope Francis. Makes sense. Um, and especially on his feast day. <laughs> no, but... Um, <laughs> yes you know, uh, Francis, but, you know, I just think Francis is a contemporary Pope, you know, mm-hmm. he's done remarkable things and I love his acceptance and I yes. love the way he loves mm-hmm. and I love the way he serves and I love his humility and he, yeah, mm-hmm. he is very special. That's beautiful. And I agree. It is St. Francis is my patron. Yes. My yes. Um, yeah. If you could be best friends with any one saint, who would it be? Oh, um, any one saint. Hmm. Kind of going back and forth, back and forth, but <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with um, Ignatius. Okay. You know, there's a there's a great book out there um, called Just Called Me Lopez. Okay. And, um, it's if you haven't heard of it, just search it on Google because it, it, it's so it's a short book. But you meet Saint Ignatius, and, and he becomes your friend mm-hmm. in the in the world today. Yeah, and it's and he's called Lopez, and and you journey with him. And 
I gave it to one of my daughters when they were having a, a really hard time. And um, I said, you know, if you want to read it, read it. And she read it on the beach one day. And mm-hmm. she was just like, I want a friend like Lopez. And I think St. Ignatius teaches us um, how to be a good friend to ourselves, and how to discern and how to, how to um, take that time um, and to really connect with our inner light. And we desperately need that. Yes. And, I mean, being Jesuit educated and working for a Jesuit um, university, um, I would have to say St. Ignatius is my man. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I definitely am going to read that book for yes, sure. Yes, Just Call Me Lopez. Yes, yeah. I can't, can't remember the author. Um, it's by Loyola Press. Okay, yeah. But highly recommend it. Yeah, and, and the whole part about like learning how to be a better friend to yourself, I feel like the world and particularly college students definitely need to hear that. Yes, and adults yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and busy parents, you know, yes. and yeah. just like it's it's so hard to love ourselves, you know, and like to just give it all to God, you know. But there's a there's a freedom in that, and, mm-hmm. and um, there's there's a lot of grace in that. Yes, that's beautiful. All right, well, that was my last Catholic quick question. We have to wrap up in a sec, but. It's been so wonderful to talk to you oh again. Oh, my Thank gosh, Thank you so Olivia. much for coming this on. This is great. I hope, like, blessings on this podcast. Like, f- may it fly into Thank the you. world for other people every single week or whatever it is that you do it. Um, because you, you are you really are special. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, my one last question. So the majority of the podcast viewers are younger people. College students are young adults. Um do you have any parting advice for that age group, given that you work in a college? Um, what advice do you have for being bold in our faith, mm. um, particularly on a college campus? So the first piece of advice would go back to loving yourself. Mm. Like if, if we could only realize how much God loves us, like love yourself. Like we all make mistakes. We all are challenged. We all sin. Like no shame, no judgment. Just love who you are and know that however your family loves you or anyone on this earth loves you, no one could love you more than God. To, to Just to try to realize that. I know that that's a hard realization. Second piece of advice would be to, and I challenge you to this, just go into a church. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they're locked, <laughs> yes. But um, yep. just go and just sit. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about baby steps. Five minutes. Yeah. Give yourself and God five minutes mm-hmm. and see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Beautiful advice, uh, especially in the busy, busy mm-hmm. life of any young. Yes. Adult. Take take out. Like I tell my kids, the earbuds are. I know they used to be called pods. They're called buds or whatever. Take them take them off like just be quiet Mm -hmm. and and just be gentle with like who you are going back to the grocery store if i were wearing earbuds i wouldn't Uh, have heard that conversation that's right you know so there's so much happening Mm -hmm. like out there just like be present be present and just see god working yeah so beautiful. Mm. All right. Thank you so, so much. Thank for talking you so much. Us. This has just been a wonderful um, morning pick me up. You yes. inspire me. And, yeah. and your, your faith is really contagious. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you. All right, listeners, we will talk to you soon in season two.
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the To The Heights podcast. And a big thank you to Karen for being on it and for sharing her story and her conversation about her journey, her job, and her advice for all of us. We had so much fun and there was so much inspiration here in the studio. So I hope you enjoyed listening in and have some takeaways to apply to your own journey with the Lord in reaching to the heights. A big thank you to everyone who has listened, emailed, tweeted, or shared about this podcast since the beginning of season one. I am so overwhelmed and grateful and humbled by the excitement and love and support that all of the listeners have showed. Um, This is such an exciting journey and such an exciting opportunity, and I'm so, so grateful for all of it and all of you. Season two will officially start back up at the beginning of January, but there are two other exciting things that I want to talk about around and before then. At some point soon, you guys are going to see an Ask Olivia episode. I've realized that since the podcast started, I have a lot of followers and a lot of listeners who don't know me from somewhere else or don't know me in real life. So this is an opportunity to get to know your host before season two. Um, Come up with questions about my life, my journey, the podcast, podcasting in general, studying theology, advice, I don't know, literally anything. Um, You can DM us on social media at ToTheHeightsCTV. Or you can tweet us with hashtag AskOliviaTTH. Or you can always email us at ToTheHeightsPodcast at gmail.com. Alrighty, announcement number two. I am going to be at the SLS 20 conference, this year's focus conference. They alternate every year between SLS and SEEK. Um, And we will be recording an episode of To The Heights there at the conference. They have a media feed booth where you can watch some of your favorite podcasters record episodes, and we are so, so grateful to be included on that list this year. The conference is December 30th to January 3rd in Phoenix, Arizona, and you can find out more information about the logistics of the conference at sls20.org. It is an incredible conference. I went last year to SEEK, um, and they have big keynote speakers like Father Mike Schmitz, performers like Matt Marr. They're having a New Year's Eve celebration with Matt Marr. Um, And last year, there were almost 20,000 young Catholics there. Um, The energy and renewal and revival of the Catholic Church is absolutely there. Um, And it was an amazing experience in that regard. So we are so excited to be able to record an episode there and to see and meet some of you there. So we'll see you there and let us know if you're going. All right, back to Karen Kiefer. Um, Remember, you can find The Drawing God Book by Karen Kiefer on Amazon and any other place that you might find a book. Um, And don't forget to share your own drawings of God on World Drawing God Day with the hashtag Drawing God, all one word. Um, And maybe, just maybe, if you tag To The Heights CTV, we will share some of them on our story and retweet them as well. Alrighty, so tune back in soon for the Ask Olivia episode. Be sure to send in your questions um, and make sure to catch up on previous episodes, um, all of the amazing episodes of season one with so many cool guests, youth ministers, Catholic therapists, Catholic activists, um, Catholic high school boys who are just awesome, (laughs) all sorts of people. Um, Find them on season one on iTunes, Spotify, or catholictv.org slash podcasts. Um, And you can find us on social media until our next episode comes out twitter instagram or facebook at to the heights ctv um or find me olivia rose underscore art or olivia rose art.com we will talk to you very soon um thank you so much for all of the excitement that this podcast has brought so far we will see you very soon and keep on reaching to the heights mm-hmm.